Hello, welcome to the Lavender Menace podcast. My name is Sunny. I am one of your co-hosts. I am a booktuber, a lesbian, a, a sister, a daughter. You know, like, you know, the bios of like politicians that yeah. are like, yeah. Senator, mom, wife. Yeah, that's that's me, actually. You are Senator, mom, and wife. It's yeah, true. <laughs> it's true. My name is Renaissance Marie, the other co-host of The Lavender Menace, and I am a YouTuber. I'm going to start. I filmed a video the other day. Mm-hmm. Now I just have to edit and upload it. You know how YouTubers do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Victim of ADHD. Mm-hmm. That there's so many things right. I want to do. And instead, I just sit in the same place every day and don't do them. Related, but not, uh, oh, shoot, I forgot the word. Anyways, I lack dopamine. Mm. <laughs> Someone who lacks dopamine. But like, in a way, like, when ta- it, it's basically ADHD, again, part two, said in another way. Right, 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 right. Okay. Well, today we are bringing to you our typical podcast format in which we first discuss a hot take we've seen on the internet. And then we talk about a piece of media we've consumed together. And then we recommend to each other media because it's, it's, it's a media podcast. It's a comedy podcast. It's a communist podcast. It's these things, if you didn't know. So yeah, um, what are we discussing today, Renaissance, as our hot take? Today we are, I don't know how to frame it. I know the TikTok, we're discussing a TikTok that we saw uh, posted by the TikToker at Caleb. Oh no, at hold on. Let me look it up. The uh, her name is Caleb. Someone hold sent on. to us the link to the pod- to the TikTok and was like, "You guys should talk about this on the podcast." But it's our friend. Yeah. Like, it's not just a podcast listener. It's like someone who listens to our podcast and is also our friend. So it's like a submission, but like not in like an email way. I mean, if you have a hot yeah. take, please email it to us. Please send it to us. We're desperate. We are desperate for your hot t- your opinions. Um, the TikToker is at Chill Binge, Chill C H I L L Binge B I N C H, and her name is Caleb. And their TikTok was that their page was like explicitly pro lesbian, and that non-lesbian queer people often do not unpack why they have so much lesbophobia and they were criticizing the way that people talk about lesbians on the internet specifically how non-lesbians talk about lesbians on the internet yeah and people will be like people will always yell at lesbians for being transphobic or whatever when it's like all cis people in the lgbt community are can be transphobic and it's like why do lesbians get the get the flack for it when it's like Mm, like why like, the way that's like when when uh, non-black communities talk about racism but don't talk about like the anti-blackness within their own community and uh-huh. only call out white people for being anti-black when like anyone yeah. who's not black can is anti-black anyone who is cis is going to be transphobic yeah and so it's like why it's weird to single us out like why What's and it? as a collective, when there's so many trans lesbians, it doesn't yeah. make sense to say that all lesbians are like the most transphobic out of the community. Yeah. And I feel like on the internet, it's it's interesting because like in the video, the person was was basically saying like, it's 
it's so clear that a lot of you guys, when you talk about lesbians on the internet, like mm-hmm. have never actually interacted with a lesbian. Yeah. In that real life. Was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> like the, uh, again, it's like the hypothetical pride situation. Who are these hypothetical yeah. lesbians? Who that you are, are hypothetical lesbians? It reminds me of, I think it was also the same friend slash listener, Claire, who was talking about the show that they were watching. Uh-huh. And was, oh my uh, god <laughs> <laughs> and it was about this um like this uh bisexual girl's ex who's a lesbian was having like a lesbian party uh-huh. and didn't invite her because because she's bisexual and was like dating a man at the time and like <laughs> it was collectively decided that that plot line was obviously written by either a straight person who like yeah. assumes that this is what like, this is what life is like but, for you yeah like people. this is what relationships are like between right. lesbian and bisexual people yeah or like a bisexual person who has met one lesbian yeah and like that's <laughs> and then like what about it it was so funny though we're just like no one yeah. cares that doesn't happen yeah and people operating we have so few hookups that we cannot afford to <laughs> not invite people like if, if we if we if lesbians had a party and didn't invite their bisexual friends, there'd be two people at that party. Like it you know, doesn't you have to fly in like six different people from every oh, part of the country. Like <laughs> no, like literally any lesbian you have, if they say that they have lesbian friends, not a single one of them lives in the same time zone. All of them yeah. open up their clock app, they have six different countries. Exactly. Yeah. It would have to be an international affair for there to be like a lesbian party. Like what the event is actually just an excuse for lesbians to yes. have a hang out. It's true. It's true. But yeah, no, it's so true that like even on the internet, people will be like, sometimes we'll just see other like queer people will be like, oh my god, like just say things that are so blatantly like lesbophobic and be like, oh my god, lesbians are so weird and gross and uh, and exclusionary and blah 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 or whatever. And it's like, like. Who are you talking about, babe? Like, what are you actually, who, like, do you know any lesbian? And also, like, one of my friends who is also on our, our Twitter friend, Rye, aka at Slug on Fire. Hey, Rye, if you're listening. Rye was Hi. telling me when they were, when they were telling me, like, when she was coming out, she, <laughs> she initially thought she was, like, bi. I mean, like, most of us do. Um, because she just kind of thought that like lesbians did not exist anymore (laughs) no one was a lesbian (laughs) no one is lesbian everyone is like vaguely queer or bi or whatever yeah Yeah, that's why sometimes I really don't like it when people utilize the 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 umbrella term of queer to talk about I mean like you can personally identify as whatever but like when people do it's like okay but you need like I want to be able to differentiate are you someone who like is attracted to men or not? Like, do you pursue men or not? That's something that I, I as a person, I as a lesbian, I care about that because that will impact the way that we interact and the way that we hang out in groups and stuff. Because my friends who are attracted to men and who do have boyfriends or whatever, like when we hang out and stuff, like, and when we're in group settings, that really alters the way that people, like we can, we interact with each other 
because especially if there's dudes there because um the way that girls act when there's the gender, lesbians and dudes the two no <laughs> literally when they're like it's it's so interesting because when I hang out with like my bi friends or my straight girlfriends well there's one of them like <laughs> and whatever it's so funny because the way that they act around our uh, like men who aren't like just our close friends is it's so different than how we just interact one-on-one or how we interact with other girls or whatever like like it's so strange like in high school and classes or something whenever I'd see my friends that like I knew them really well in like one-on-one settings so like we had a very close friendship or like I knew them like I could see and I'd be like oh another person's personality and then I see them interact with a guy that we either didn't know for you know who like didn't grow up with us or something yeah. I'm like who is that it's so it's I, and I don't they're not aware that they're doing it or I'm sure it feels yeah. natural to them as people who are attracted to men but it's so strange to see from the outside perspective but I actually tweeted this on my stand account a couple of days ago where I'm like there are two wolves inside of me one that says like people are like labels on sexuality like don't really matter and people should just be able to be attracted to who they want and the other part that's like no people should actually be like encouraged to question <laughs> their attraction to men and like give like lesbian like fits them because all these women who are identifying as like queer or just like the umbrella term gay or sapphic in some way but not actually grappling with their internalized lesbophobia and like what even is attraction to men and just like kind of like letting that sit there I'm just like that but lesbians do exist and like that's that's it's not some scary or like you know you instantly become like a werewolf when you start identifying as a lesbian like it's yeah it is it's interesting because a lot of like LGBT spaces especially when we were younger really dominated by or cis bisexuals or like she they bisexuals and then like gay men really and occasionally yeah. bisexual man that was really especially as like a theater gay like that was literally it that was literally everyone um and I think that and like a couple trans people you know like that was yeah. literally it and I think that it, it was it's interesting though because also as someone who who a lot of my friends have like lesbian parents and who you know are like 40 50 or older or whatever and it's really interesting because i feel like we with gay men because because the world is so like it is structured around men and their desires when when men real know that they are not attracted to women um it's like really obvious you know like like gay boys like growing as like young children oftentimes like come to an understanding of their sexuality really really young whereas all of like my my friend's parents who have been lesbians for decades like have had have been in like heterosexual relationships for like the primary elements of their young adult life and their adult life uh, you know and it's like um or or if not that like if not that, then with with us and like with other young people our age, everyone that I know who's a lesbian didn't know that they were a lesbian when they were really young. They maybe knew that they were gay when they were really young, but not like, yeah. oh, I know I'm a lesbian. And it's like, that's why when we talk about like compulsory heterosexuality. Shout out to Evie. Evie was the first lesbian on the planet. Lesbianism did not exist for Evie. Evie, our bestie. Oh. oh yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was, I didn't hear what you said. I was like, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I remember I met Evie when we were like 11 or 12 <laughs> at like yeah. summer camp. Um, and they like identified as a lesbian then. And it was really funny because like- I wish I knew Evie at that, like when I was 11 or 12, because it would have shaped, I feel like it would have shaped off so many years. Well, the thing um, is that it didn't for me, because at that point, I just thought I was straight. Like, I didn't, like, I did not think twice about it. And also because I was so indoctrinated. You, wait, question. Yeah. <laughs> Genuine question. Did you actually, like, identify as straight? Or were you, or was sexuality just not on your mind? Or, like, you just grew up, like, under heterosexism? Because I feel like I've never really identified as straight. I'm sure people like assume that it was before or like as a kid because there's like baby shirts that say like heartbreak or something. Yeah. But I don't think <laughs> I ever personally identified as straight. Like yeah. that so did you like if someone would have asked you at that time what's your sexuality do you think you would have said straight? Yeah I think so. Like I genuinely think- like sincerely? Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was when I was younger, especially because I was in a lot of like like performance spaces like dance and like musical theater and theater and stuff. Like there were a lot of like gay men around me <laughs> and they would be like people would be like, Oh, so like what's your sexuality? I was like, I'm straight. Like I'd just be like, Yeah, like whatever. And then it was only until like eighth grade when I was like, Well, I don't really know. And also because I think when I met Evie, I was still so indoctrinated in like evangelical Christianity and like the brainwashing that that was because I very clearly remember that the week like after I met Evie because it we we met at a camp in like North Carolina it was in 2015 when the Supreme Court ruled that like gay marriage you know would be could be like legally recognized um and I remember I was going to like a Baptist church um I maybe I, it was either after or before I met Evie at this camp or just like went to this camp in general. And I was there with my family and our family friends. And like the preacher was talking about how like, oh, you know, America's gone to hell because like the degeneracy of the homosexuals and whatever. And I was just standing there being like, and I, and as a kid, I was just like, yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> I guess gay people are bad, whatever. And that was just kind of, that was just always how I thought because as a young child, I always, like I was so like, quote unquote, like boy crazy. I think in a way that was really because, yeah, yeah, because I had like boyfriends when I was five, like at like preschool. I had like, oh yeah, but I mean like when I was five, when I was seven, when I was eight, ten, eleven, twelve. Like I, I rotated through like dudes that I was supposedly dating or whom I was supposedly friends with or you know whatever. But it was also just because I was kind of like. I was a little bit of a tomboy, not that I was that like sporty or anything, but I basically, most of the girls around me just like did not like me because I was kind of weird. I mean, fair. So I just hung out with a lot of like dudes, especially cause I spent all my time at church. So I, I was always hanging around dudes. And so I was, and because so much of, I was obsessed with like all like the girly things like princesses and like makeup and dress up and whatever. So I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, I like dudes and I like boys and I'm going to pursue them and they're going to pursue me and happily ever, ever, la, la, la. And it was only, (laughs) and so I was so kind of like invested in that. So I never really even had a chance to question my sexuality because every, my, like my parents to my community, to the primary people that I spent my time around, which was, you know, like fucking Midwestern Catholics and also (laughs) like, and then, um, you know, evangelicals um, and yeah, like Chinese Christian church people, 
gay people were not real, like not a real thing. The idea, not even, not even as a, like, I remember after I met Evie, I like was talking to my parents on the car. I was like, oh yeah, I met this girl. Like she's, she's a lesbian, I think. And they were like, oh, that sucks. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, and I was like, I, yeah, what am I supposed to do? Cause like Jesus says, gay is bad. Like I very clearly remember having this conversation. I was like, so gay is bad, but if everyone thinks gay is okay, then what do I do? And they were like, well, like whatever, you don't have to say anything. And I was like, yeah, I didn't because I didn't want to be a, an asshole. So I, <laughs> but I was still so like, um, That's yeah. so opposite because I remember very explicitly having this conversation with my mom in the car in probably eighth grade as well, maybe seventh grade. And it was, um, and I, I know that this conversation will always be ingrained in my memory. Cause I remember like months later, maybe even years later, I was going through her like notes app on her phone, probably looking for something. And she had written down the conversation in her phone. And I was like, oh my gosh, like she said it, but she didn't tell me that she was going to, like she just did it for herself. Yeah. In the car, we were talking about like gay people and God and marriage because we we're like very, passively protestant but like still when I was younger I was much more like oh my gosh I have to be a Christian even though I had no idea what that meant uh-huh. um and so and we didn't go to church so it's just like my own weird thing anyways so we're having a conversation about like God and gay people or whatever mm-hmm. and my mom was like I have nothing against gay people but she always felt like guilty for not being homophobic because she like super christian people are and so she's just like i feel like i'm not christian enough because i'm not homophobic i don't hate gay people yeah so funny because one time oh my god never mind and so we're having the conversation in the car and i was like well i don't think like i just basically used the example i'm like i leave my shoes all over the house this was her biggest pet peeve of me when i was Uh in here probably still is and she's just like you don't love me any less because I leave my shoes around the house. Like, I don't think God is going to love you any less if you're not homophobic or like if you're gay. Like, even <laughs> if, it is, like, if you're not homophobic. Like, yeah. Like, I was just like, even if it is bad, like, what's the worst case scenario here? Like, if your biggest sin is either being gay or not being homophobic, like, if we play two sides, you know? Play both sides, you never lose. Like, whatever it is here, it's like, what's the worst case scenario really like like if, if this is supposed to be a parental figure because that's like what I basically was like that was the only thing about God that was like pushed into my mind is basically like this father figure or whatever and so just look at my parents and I'm like I do shit that pisses you off all the time and like yeah you love like you're not gonna be like well I guess I'm gonna damn you to hell now because you left your shoes by the ottoman for the 30th yeah. time yeah. like so and I think that like really that was like the closest thing to I guess, like, dealing with that, and I, I just, I never really had an issue, but all the queer people that I knew in my real life, like, my mom's friends who were gay, were all, like, gay men when I was yeah. younger, and yeah. there was, like, there was finally a lesbian who taught at the middle school, like, with my mom, and it wasn't until I was older, and I, on, I both, I really didn't know that men, I was, like, okay, like, a new lesbian is, like, women version of gay men but like it, <laughs> I didn't really know what that meant so what does that mean? <laughs> yeah and then like the um the like trans people that I knew in my real life that I actually had a personal relationship with was like have been trans men or trans mask people yeah. so I've never yeah. like 
And see, that's all, all the other people I've I've interacted with or like knowing their experience or something has either has all been online. So either like I don't have a personal enough relationship to like see what that actually looks like on the day to day, like what it's like to mm-hmm. be a person's life who identifies as a trans woman, for example, or you know, growing up knowing lesbians like that just wasn't something I knew on a personal way in a way that I knew what it was like for gay men to exist in my community if that makes sense so then but but also like growing up I was really super girly as a kid but I also I didn't like boys but in a way that was like so normalized because it was like very much like oh, if a guy picks on you, then he likes you kind of way. So I never was like, no one was like, oh, you don't like boys. This is like a gay girl, you know, yeah. or like this is like a lesbian child. And yeah. all of my friends were predominantly girls. So I never interacted with, with the boys in my class in any significant enough way for it to like put something in my brain that like maybe yeah. I don't like boys. Like yeah. I just didn't spend time with all of my friends were girls. Like, in, yeah. and I only went to co-ed class, school, like, very much co-ed, like, not really ever separated, mm-hmm. but maybe for, like, lining up for class or something like that, but never in any real way. Yeah. And I still only hung out with girls. And then in middle school and high school, when more people start to have, like, more mixed friend groups and stuff like that, still never really had, like, like I could count on a single hand the number of, like, guy friends that I had so because I never was interacting with them and I was never forced to perform like heterosexuality in any long-term or consistent way it never dawned on me that the fictional men that I was like creating in my mind to justify my bisexuality at the time like truly did not exist <laughs> like, the, like the way that I thought men acted was so entrenched in like the female gaze that it's not yeah. realistic yeah. that it like it, it never met, which is why I think that people who hate going back to the original TikTok before we wrap this segment up. The like people don't actually interact with lesbians in real life to unpack the things that they're told yeah. in a way. Like if I wasn't a lesbian, I'd still only believe that the queer experience was like either gay men or trans masks or trans men. And so like if you're not a lesbian and you don't know lesbians in real life you're always going to think that they're like mean and hostile and exclusionary in a way that's not actually realistic to one like living as a lesbian and to like knowing a diverse group of lesbians you know like if the only lesbians you interact with are cis women yeah then that's like a very iceberg like tip of the iceberg of what the lesbian community is actually like yeah and I think this is about this is it's like if we as lesbians are people who ultimately have to really deconstruct compulsory heterosexuality in every element of our lives and within our own desires and our own minds every single day. And if we as people who aren't like cis have to think about the gender binary every single day in a really, in this way, it's like, why do you think as someone who is not a lesbian or who, someone who is cis, why do you think that you just don't have lesbophobia or transphobia when it's like people who actually are those identities work on work on not re- reiterating the oppressions that those identities uh, like can be are enforced upon every day like every like it's just not and so- I think lesbianism is often so boiled down to just women liking other women that they don't actually ever take time to grapple with what it is like to not be attracted to men yeah under patriarchy 
Like people think that they're not lesbophobic because they're okay with a woman being with another woman, but people who are attracted to women or non-men who are attracted to non-men can still be attracted to non-men and therefore have, or and still be attracted to men and therefore have a way of uh, like- Holding up and assimilating into the patriarchy. Yeah, in a way that lesbians just do not have access to in any, in any like real way. Yeah. So people like, don't actually like think about that. Yeah, that's the other thing about like when you're younger and we don't know any LGBT people who aren't trans mass people or gay men. It's like, this is how misogyny works. Like, you know, because of how trans misogyny works and lesbophobia works, like we like, people are just much less likely to live their lives as like trans women or as lesbians or whatever, because when you're perceived as a woman who likes other women or you're perceived as someone who used to be a man and is now a woman, it's like, it's like you're leveling down with it on the page. Yeah. And it's so much harder to do that. Like it's, it's so Other TikToks, there's this one, um, she's a trans woman who is also a lesbian and has been transitioning over like quarantine. So hasn't been spent that much time in public now yeah. being perceived as a woman as well. And talking about the number of like harassment or like unprovoked body, people touching her body yeah. in a way that is like misogyny and yeah. talking about how like the first couple of times <laughs> Like, she makes a funny, like, comedy. So the joke was, like, the first couple of times it was, like, validating. It's like, oh, they see me as a woman, so they are groping me. But then actually grappling with the idea that, oh, this is now part of the rest of my life. Like, this is what being a woman is like. And talking about how before they transitioned, even though they felt so disconnected from their body because they're a woman and they're being perceived as a man. And so that was, like, very there's a lot of association in that part they were never touched without consent or never felt like other people were owning their body and now that they're being perceived as a woman it's like oh now now that I own my body in a way of like I'm a woman and I'm being perceived as a woman and the body's matching however I want it to look on the flip side of that is like now being perceived as a woman your body ship as much as it's yours to own men see it as it's yeah. like you that's the thing now about- you now the ownership of men yeah. in a way that like non people who just are either never perceived as women or are not at whatever stage in their life perceived as women do not understand yeah. <laughs> what it's like your body to yeah. always be at owned by other people specifically like, the as, men as women as women or as non-men your body is public property always yeah. in media in your life like everywhere in just in just outside, yeah like even when other women really look at me like I, can, I, like I can tell when a woman is looking at me and judging me through like a male gaze it's so obvious you know yes anyways we have to wrap this up because it's supposed to be short I said yeah. to wrap up the segment like a number of minutes ago and then we just did it <laughs> um so Going on to the next part, we're going to talk about how Sunny and I view things as lesbian. And the thing that we're viewing is the music video for Solar Power by Lord. Solar Power! And, uh, you know what lesbian gives me? Uh, Solar Power. That is lesbian. It's true. And as as someone who is named Sunny, 
and it's really oh everything you know like she made this album for me like it's the single like it's for me like you know it's just not it's not it, you know also you know what's funny like I think I did a poll on Twitter and people were like, and I was asking, okay, do you think Sunny is my given name or like a name I chose? And like 70% of people thought that it was a name I chose, but no guys, the my name, S-U-N-N-Y, that's the name my parents gave me. Like, isn't that so funny? Like, wow. And they're homophobic still. So now what? Anyway. <laughs> but um, so- I don't think anyone would think. Sometimes I wonder now because before for so long, before I came out as like non-binary and lesbian and stuff people knew that my name was renaissance so I don't think they ever questioned like oh this could be a chosen name and now that more people are starting to meet me as non-binary and knowing my name at the same time yeah I wonder if anyone thinks that it's a chosen name but it's also not this is also the it just yeah. we just have campy work. ass names for no reason yeah like- <laughs> That is pretty. That's yeah. It's pretty. Cute. I don't think we ever have to tell people that we're lesbians with the yeah, podcast. it's so I funny because I will see other people named Sunny, and they're obviously and they're identify as trans or whatever. And it's like, okay, yeah, like it's funny because that's not like it's clearly not your given name, but it's funny that we now share the same name. <laughs> well, like, that's how it was with the name Ren. There are so many trans people and non-binary, non-binary yeah. trans people with the name Ren. And that's my, like, most common nickname. Like, that's what most yeah. people call me for the first 13 years of my life was Ren. And so now when I see people, I'm like, oh, like, you picked Ren. Yeah. That's cool. I'm yeah. like, that's it's just. funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Anyways, but the music video was good. I, one of my oomps uh, who listens to the podcast. One Jess, of my oomps. One of my, one of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. It's like when you say the the La Brea tar pit because it means the the tar tar pit. But um, anyways, oomph did not like that. Like hates the song. Like yeah. the music video, Lord is cute, but yeah. like truly, yeah. So my friends don't like it either, and I'm like, well, <laughs> I kind of I kind of live like it. Definitely sounds different. I think if you like listen to melodrama right before listening to the yeah. single, and then you listen to it, you'd be like. This is not it. Like this is not yeah. the move. But yeah. I think having that healthy break, like if you still have a preconceived notion of Lord, and then you listen to the single, I, I, I could see how they wouldn't like it. Right, right. But it's also because but I made up everything she does. So. Yeah, her album eras are all so unique and so her, but so different in every way. Yeah. Like it's, it's. I like how Solar Power is like it's much more stripped down than anything we saw in Pure Heroine or Melodrama, and I think Pure Heroine was. Yeah the sound was so layered and atmospheric and like vibey and like depressing in like a teenage angst kind of way whereas drama is all about like coming of age and heartbreak and like dancing and like club music almost so it's it's a little less layered and melancholy but but still there's a lot of like echo and like kind of vibey vibey things going on but here with solar music that someone would make when they take antidepressants for the first time like all of <laughs> the two previous albums were like when you're dealing with unmedicated mental illness yeah yeah <laughs> your adolescence and now you're finally an adult who has like some semblance of health care and can get yeah. <laughs> medicated yeah. and then you make solar it's power it's so like it feels so like healthy and like fun and it makes me yeah. want to it genuinely makes me want to go to the beach 
with my friends right now. And also the video is so, the video, the song, everything, the, the email she sent out, it's all so gay. So it's mm -hmm. like, why would you, why would you have that pre-chorus of like my boy <gasps> taking pictures of me? I thought that too. I was like, what the the men the use of the word boyfriend when I first listened to it, I was like, that is so unnecessary here. Like <laughs> why all, would you say that, Lord? <laughs> I was like, girlfriend and boyfriend, same syllables, babe, same syllables. Why would you do that? And second of all, I'm just like, friend, good friend, good friend and boyfriend have the same number <laughs> of syllables. And the rhyme isn't even with the boy part. So I'm just like yeah. Why, why would you bring that him into And this? it's also funny because in the email of, of her like release of Solar Power, she says, oh, the cover of this single and this album was taken by my best friend, Ophelia, when we were on the beach. And I'm like, okay, in your, song, in your song, you're talking about people taking pictures of you, a guy taking pictures of you behind. It's like, what are you talking about? Lord. I know it's going been like, like, Changing lyrics is so easy and to, and to just like change it, it could have obviously it could have easily been a girl that she'd write it if if the lyric is even about someone but just as a lesbian listening to it I'm like everything about the to me I know some people hate it but I'm like everything about this is perfect except like why did you bring a boyfriend into this it's like when I'm talking to my straight friends and then they just start talking about their boyfriend and I'm like I'm not talking about him to him I'm not thinking about stop uh, PSA to artists, stop bringing y'all's boyfriend visit. If I wanted to see your boyfriend, I'll go <laughs> look at your boyfriend. But that's not what I, I did not wait four years for a new Lord single to hear about a goddamn boyfriend. Yeah, but it's, it's just true. It's the truth. It um, reminds me, of, there's, I think it was a tweet and I saved the meme of it. And it said, if your boyfriend's in the pic, I'm not liking it. And that's how I feel <laughs> yeah. well, about also that lyric. Like when I listened to Willow for the first time, when everyone was released, I was like watching the music video, whatever. I was like, who is, yeah. that's my man. What who is that? Literally. Literally. Was, it's the same energy. Like Lord and Taylor Swift, like inserting like men and like male pronouns into their song, like sprinkling it in there. Like it's fucking. Or no, but the thing is, is that that line, like the song isn't even a love song. There was no, genuinely yeah. no need. But yeah. she looked great in her body. I mean, not to talk about women's bodies, but her body. <laughs> her dress, yeah. the but, yellow dress, it's a sleigh. It's well, literally I mean, a serve. Funny, that top, I don't know what it is. I'm sure it's like fucking thousands of dollars or whatever. Yeah. But that, that set that she was wearing in the music video, fucking fantastic. And yeah. I have this fear. I mean, I know abs never like went out of style, but like, you know, high top jeans were good for so long that you could really get away with not having abs. Uh -huh. And I fear that abs are like co really coming back in a stronger way than they have been in a while. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Lord, why would you do this? Why would you put me in this position? Because now you're going to make this like cut a trend. <laughs> and now yeah. there's an expectation for me to have a toned stomach when I don't want to do yes. that. Exactly. I'd much prefer boobs, no ass, because that's something that I can provide without putting in any <laughs> No effort needed. It's true. Exactly. Um, but besides that, I think it's a 10 out of 10. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the album. The oomph that did not like the song, like, I really hope, oh, this was so funny. I wanted to bring this up. Jess said that 
this song is her is the Lord equivalent to me when the me single dropped. But the thing is, is a bop. It's it's fun to listen to, so I don't care. Okay, well, Jess and I both agree that me is still embarrassing, so we at least agree on that. Me is embarrassing. I thought it was still like I wouldn't skip it if it like I'll shuffle play Taylor Swift and I'll be and I won't skip it because it's like whatever. I'll just listen to it. Well, anyways, we have to wrap this up. That's because you don't like joy. You don't like it when I am happy. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're going to say that I don't like joy. Uh, we don't. Uh, no. First of all, your favorite romance movie is The Handmaiden. So let's start there. <laughs> it has on who doesn't the like ending. Joy. It's awesome. And also, I can't. The Handmaiden? Literally in the last episode, you're like, I hate things that are sincere and are about people loving each other. But like, but me <laughs> is not sincere. It's campy. It's camp. <laughs> As Brendan Urie. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have time to unpack all of this. We need to get into the recommendations. I'll go first for the first time. Yeah. My recommendation to kind of keep with the music theme is Megan Thee Stallion just dropped a single, like, literally that, like, last night, the same day of Lord, and the Lord, and the Lord. Uh, watched yeah. it, and it is so good, and the music video, watching it for the first time, it's truly like watching a movie, like, it's a whole cinematic piece, and I kind of live, laugh, love it for several reasons, because there's just this, like, reclamation of Black women's sexuality in a way of, like, she tweeted it and someone asked like what what inspired you to make that shit and she said like to prove that men who shame women's sexuality you're trying to call them like a slut or a whore against them it's not the drag that they think it is yeah basically if a man says oh your thought and that's not yeah like i am what about it like and I still be a doctor I still fucking make your world work like I'm the person that serves your lunch I'm the person who does this so if you hate if you hate sexual women you ain't gonna get any anything in your life not only just sex but literally every working facet of your life yeah and it's just and the number of women in the music video just fucking doing their shit so good everyone looks so good in it anyways that's my recommendation i was gonna watch it before we were gonna record this but then i didn't have any time so that's funny that you mentioned you recommended that um yeah, yeah. everyone should listen. i'm sure everyone does megan lee stallion is like one of the number one artists but yeah right right, 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 right. of course Unrest. yeah go um okay my recommendation wow i actually have not thought about this at all I have no I have no recommendation actually that's all no <laughs> there's I don't have anything to well actually hold on if you're doing music oh, oh my god wait I need to recommend this to you there's this playlist okay. called girl boss ghastly gaslight gatekeep um and I yes. I'm addicted to it it's so fun it's like let me just it's so the first song on it is Misery Business by Paramore. And then it's Better Than Revenge, Taylor Swift, Good For You, Olivia Rodrigo, Girlfriend, Avril Lavigne, Potential Breakup Song, Allie and AJ, Black Sheep, the Brie Larson vocal, um, What The Hell, Avril Lavigne, like Marina, Britney Spears, Five Sauce, Katy Perry. Like just a lot. It's like, it literally is girl boss, gatekeep, 
Gaslight, like it's, it's, it's giving everything. And I just listen to it on repeat and it, the songs are also catchy and they get stuck in your head. And it also is such like a throwback and it's all like, all the songs are basically about the same thing. Like the plot to Better Than Revenge by Taylor Swift is the plot of every song in this album, but it's awesome and I love it. So yeah, everyone listen to that playlist. I think it's made by Elise Morgan on Spotify. Girl Boss Gaslight okay. by Elise Morgan. So that's my recommendation. Fantastic. This was very musical heavy or music heavy. Musical. I like that. We should we should do a musical episode, but maybe later. So that's our speedy episode. A uh, real departure from our two hour long episode yeah, last week. We listened to so, you. We listened to our listeners yeah. who said that we Well, talk- I listened to us and I said yeah. this is too much. I well, edited the episode. Well, okay. That's just because you're a hater. I'm in the episode. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so that's it. I hope you guys liked it. Listen to the songs. Tweet us about it. Follow us at The Lavender Pod on Twitter. Me at Renaissance, uh, the first E is an X. Sunny, where is what's your Twitter? Book on Twitter and on YouTube. Yeah. Yes. And Sunny with the camera on Instagram and Renaissance Mirror on Instagram for me. And we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.